Welcome to Between Us Leaders, a place where we talk about leading with wisdom and godly devotion. I'm your host, Terry Herndon, and today my guest and I will be talking about ministry in the marketplace. It is estimated that at least one-third of the ministers in our district are co-vocational. That's a significant number. There have been seasons in our own ministry where Jay and I have worked outside of the church in addition to pastoring. And I remember the balancing acts that we had to perform, and boy, could those be tricky. But I also remember the ministry opportunities that came from being in the marketplace. And today I have with me the mayor of Lincoln, doctoral candidate, Holly Andriata. Thank you so much, Holly, for joining with us. Thank you, Terry. I'm very excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to have you. We've been scheduled this for a while, and... Being, my being sick and just everything happening, we finally get you in actually in studio, which is very exciting to say, which really is just my office, but it's in studio. No, that's great. I've really been looking forward to it. Thank you so much. So Holly, start off with just telling us a bit about uh, yourself, your family. and yeah. So um, my husband Mark and I met at Bethany Bible College. And we just celebrated 31 years of Congratulations. marriage. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of great years together. We have four grown children. Our oldest just turned 28, and then they go from 26, 25, and then our youngest just turned 20. Oh. So, and uh, my mom lives with us. My dad passed away a few years ago, and uh, Mark and I have both been public school teachers for the last... 30 something years and in Lincoln area or uh, and we well he teaches at Roseville High School okay and I have been at a school in Roseville for the last 14 years actually before that I taught private school and then I subbed a lot um and then I just been teaching middle school for the last 14 years wow god bless you oh thanks yeah and uh Mark and I are both ordained with the assemblies of God and we've done ministry together since we've been married that so, is that's awesome. Yeah. That is really awesome. And so, when you um, in the church, what was your responsibilities before you came, Madam Mayor? Well, so in all of our years of ministry, we've done pretty much everything. We've done marriage ministry. We've done youth. We've helped, and we we were children's pastors for several years. Where we are right now at Lincoln Christian Life Center. We are the life group pastors and community outreach. Mm. That's changing a little bit because we're changing structure, but we're basically we're just associates and we just do whatever the pastor um, wants us to do or we just come alongside. I mean, we're not a paid position right now, but we, we treat it like it's a paid position. Absolutely. And so we just do whatever is needed um, and fill in and try to provide some leadership and some stability to the staff. And we're just blessed to be there. Awesome. So during this time that you, um, you've been in school, both of you teaching school and on staff at the church, um, doing you know the the voc- vocational, um, was there times in your life and in ministry where you had desired to be strictly full time ministry? Yeah, actually, I've always wanted to be in full time ministry. It just never worked out that way. Mark and I could have applied to any number of churches and probably got hired on as the lead pastors and moved or, you know, traveled or whatever, but we weren't called to other places. Every place that we've been called, and specifically in Lincoln right now, has been places where that's where our heart is, that's where the Lord wants us, and the churches just aren't in the position for it to be a paid position. And so over the years, we uh, just taught school. We, well, we have been teachers for years. And so the Lord has always provided. And there were years where I just 
really prayed, Lord, I just want to be in ministry. Mm. But the Lord kept impressing upon me that he has me where he had me for a reason. And so I made the most of it while I was there. I recently, um, I didn't retire because I'm not young enough to retire, but I resigned my teaching position um, for a lot of reasons we'll probably talk about here in a second. But uh, the Lord has me doing other things. And so I, it was a year of, of a faith journey of mm. letting go of that security. And the Lord, you know, had said, isn't this what you've been praying for? And yes, Lord, it's what I've been praying for. But for years, I've always wanted to be in full-time ministry. Just that's not what he had for me at the time. And so I just uh, made the most of it, did what I could in the schools that I worked in or in the jobs that I worked in. And um, and the Lord provided for us. And, and we just put our heart and soul into ministry wherever we could. And and I, I feel like that more pastors actually need to work outside the church walls because I think a lot of times we lose track of what's happening in the real life, in the real world. And I feel like I've been given a great gift to, um, to minister in my workplace while I'm doing my job as well as in the church. Yeah, I remember when we were uh, pastoring, specifically in Burlingame, and, um, and Jay had recommended that I work outside um, for several different reasons. And, and I thought, oh, I don't really want to, but um, I did. I ended up getting a job actually at Curves. And I thought, well, if I'm going to work out, I might as well get paid to do it. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I, I was working there. But it really was a gift, mm-hmm. not the finances. I mean, I got it wasn't worth really the, the money you know, for the time spent there. But the relationships, and it was such a beautiful reminder of the people that are in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, that are, so I, I, I agree with that. I think oh. that there's some uh, absolute bonus to being able to be, yeah. if you will, outside of the church walls to remember who it is that's, that we are ministering to. Several years ago, um, we needed a little bit of extra money, and I was still teaching full-time, and I told Mark, I'm going to go get a job at Kohl's. And for a year, a solid year, I worked at Kohl's nights and weekends. Mm. And the money was a little bit helpful, but actually God had me there for a purpose. I don't know why I said I'm going to go work at Kohl's because I shopped there a lot, right? <laughs> and and uh, I got hired like on the spot, and um, I was there for a solid year, and the Lord used me to minister to people there. And then when the year was up, I knew I was released and I was out. But <laughs> tired of hanging up people's but, clothes. Yeah. <laughs> One holiday season was enough for me in retail. Oh, but, I can imagine. But there was a reason for me to be there. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Lord wastes nothing and no opportunity. Nope. That is so good. Uh, so how did you become involved in city government? What What was the draw to that? How did How did the Lord lead you from from church? to state when there's such a, you know, the, the separation of church and state, how does the Lord draw you into, yeah. um, in, into that where there's is such a divide? Well, first of all, I think the concept of separation of church and state is misused by the world. I would and agree. It's, <laughs> and it's twisted um, to keep faith and church out of the public, right? That's what the enemy wants, right? To you know, oh, it's a private thing. Keep it private. So I actually think that's a, uh, it's it's misinterpreted, and we need to take that back for ourselves. But um, to your point, as a history teacher, that's what I taught for many years as um, U.S. history and government, taught to teach the Constitution. And several years ago, I don't even remember what year it is, but um, one of our 
California uh, U.S. senators was running for re-election. And I disagreed with the politics and I was listening to the radio, I was getting ready for work and I heard her say something that really upset me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's just like so bad for California, so bad for the country. And I just had this like explosion in my heart about running for office. And I texted my husband and I said, I'm going to run for U.S. Senate against this person. And I was half joking, but half just like a fire was building and my husband's response was, that's great, babe, but we don't have $20 million for you to run for Senate. And I said, well, that, that's true. And at the time, um, and I've shared this with a lot of you before, that my daughter was going through a lot of issues and stuff with our kids, and they were in school. And so it wasn't really feasible for me to, like, jump into the world of politics at that point. And, of course, you know, I mean, I'm a nobody from nowhere, and so that's kind of a hard field to get in um, that big of a level. But anyway... That had always just kind of stayed in my heart and in my mind. And so fast forward several years when God called me back to Lincoln, because I grew up in Lincoln. That's my hometown. We we moved away for a while when I went to college and, you know, we lived different places in the region. Um, but several years ago, God called me back there, <clears throat> got involved in the church. And I started paying attention to what was happening in the city as far as city government. There were issues brewing, citizens were upset, there was lack of transparency, a lot of bad decisions were being made. And I, I think it was just a God thing because I started hearing things and paying attention and going to council meetings and I was like upset about what was happening. And there was a candidate workshop because it was getting ready for the 2016 election. And I said to my husband, Mark, I'm gonna go to this candidate workshop. He goes, go and find out about it. And I walked out of there and I said, I'm running for office. And he got behind me right away. We prayed about it. And to make a long story short, I did not win that election. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened, including my husband having to have emergency open heart surgery right before the election. Oh and my so, gosh. Yeah. So we, he had a triple bypass. So we had to stop everything. I didn't get to do a final push and like finish the campaign. But I did really well in my numbers for never having run a campaign, never doing anything political. And I had a lot of support. Um, from that effort and I learned a lot so for the last next two years I just stayed engaged I went to all the council meetings I took notes I educated myself I talked to people and it's really amazing in that first election cycle and in 2018 how God put strategic people in my path to help me and some of them I'm still really good friends with today and uh, so I ran again in 2018 and I and I got elected to the Lincoln City Council and I really believe that one of these days, the Lord might have me run for higher office. I have people all the time, you need to run for Congress, you need to do this and that, which is something that I would like to do eventually. But I really believe that local government is where you can make the most difference. Mm. And so I am having such a great time serving my city, loving the people that I come in contact with, helping to make good decisions um, in our community, and offering true transparency and good service for the residents of Lincoln. So how do you, um, which, which is awesome. I love seeing your uh, Facebook posts and it looks like you're having a blast it, it doing what you're doing. I actually am. So being on council is great because I, you know, learned a lot and, you know, you get to help set policy. But when I became mayor, I really stepped into the joy of that um, just because mayor does not have more authority, but a lot more responsibility. And someone asked me, um, are you ready to be mayor? And I said, I was born to be mayor of Lincoln because <laughs> I believe awesome. that God, God moved my family there when I was a young child. 
and that there's something special going on there that God has his hand on that city. And it's just, it's in a pivotal place in Placer County. And there's a reason why that he put me there. And so I, I am having a really good time. Mark even said, he goes, you're having way more fun than you should be allowed to, you know, in this position. <laughs> there's a lot of hard work and we have to make hard decisions, but I'm, sure. having, I'm having fun. Sure. Yeah. And so how does that balance with the church? Um, as far as like your, like your responsibilities at the church and your responsibilities within the government, is there conflict in that, or how do you manage manage both of those? Well, so it really comes down to having discernment and courage, right? So being a public school teacher, um, I knew the line where the line was of what I could say in my class and what I couldn't say, and a lot of times, you know, I really. I really poured a lot of biblical knowledge into my kids in the context of what I was teaching or the conversation. And so the Lord helped me to um, really use that venue. And, and in fact, in my my school, I started a Christian club my second year on my campus, and it was the largest club on campus. Really? Before COVID, we had 200 kids in the gym <gasps> at lunch on Wednesdays, and different pastors would come in and help support that. Um, so in city government, um, I, I kind of take the same approach. When I ran for office, my ballot statements, my, my forum speeches, anything that I put out on my website about myself, I always included that I am an ordained minister and people know who I am. I don't hide it. I see a lot of Christians that are in the public that they're good people, but they kind of hide their Christianity. They hide their, their faith. Not that they're, you know, ashamed of it, but they take that attitude of, oh, well, you know, separation of church and state. I don't, I don't do that. I know where the line is, but I just put it out there. And I think that the Lord has given me courage to do that. So one of the things that, uh, that I have made sure we do is, and, and not every place in California does this, but before our council meetings, we have an invocation every council meeting mm. and our city clerk was responsible for finding pastors in the town to come do that well it just became too hard for her and so there were times where we didn't have anybody and she's like well do you want to pray and I'm like yes I'll pray so I actually from the dais prayed before and I've done that several times but I told her I said I'll take over that responsibility and so I meet with pastors in our town I coordinate with them I get someone to come every council meeting to do the invocation and that's something that I think is important and not everybody you know, in town is a Christian. Nobody on yeah. the council is, right? Yeah. But they appreciate the prayer. They appreciate the tradition. And so as long as I'm there, I'm going to make sure it gets done. I mean, and it's been going on for years. So that's something I really appreciate about Placer County and Lincoln specifically. Yeah. What when, a gift. Because it is that, a, it I think is that gift. would be really hard to, to bring in mm -hmm. um, at this yeah. in this season of our right. country, if you will. Right. Um, and so I feel like it's a gift that I get to be the, the keeper of that right yeah. now. Right. And, and just to make sure that stays uh, going. And then when um, I go to different events, like the you know Chamber of Commerce Breakfast, or I'm a member of the Women's Club or whatever, and they often ask me, will you, will you pray to open up the meeting? And I do. And I take the opportunity to just pray Jesus over them. And I, it's not benign. It's not like, you know... Uh, using vague words, right? I, I take the opportunity to pray whatever God lays on my heart for the people in that room and for the community. And 
I always have people come up to me and say, thank you so much. We really appreciated that. Mm. That prayer was so powerful. We really needed that, whatever the comment is, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just, I just take every opportunity that God gives me. You know, in council meetings, you know, I know what the line is. I'm not going to preach a sermon in the middle of a council meeting, right? But when I have the opportunity to share God or, you know, people ask me for a quote or they ask me to participate in whatever, they know who they're getting yeah. and, and they know where I stand on things. And so I just, whatever door God opens, I I walk through it. And, yeah. and so... There's a line, right? But um, I've been invited to be part of National Day of Prayer in town. Uh, we've done other kinds of events. And because what's really interesting to me is how the Lord has placed me in as an educator, as a pastor, and city government. Yeah. I wear all these hats. And so it gives me access to all different yeah. kinds of things that are going on. And people invite me for different reasons, right? And there's been times where I stand up and... They'll say, oh, chamber breakfast, you know, Mary Andrea is going to pray the invocation. And I'll say, I'll say, you know, I wear a lot of hats. I do this, I do this. Yes, I'm the mayor, but my very first um, identity is a Christ follower. And then I say, pray with me. And I'm sure some people are like, whoa, you know, but, <laughs> but more often than not, people, whether they say it or not, it's needed and they appreciate it. So I think that it takes courage. It takes courage to be that bold in the marketplace specifically with the the position that I hold. And I don't say that in a boastful way at all. I, I think that's a God-given gift yeah. that he's given me the, the ability because I'm not going to hide it, right? I'm not going to just pretend that, you know, oh, I'm just a sweet, meek person that, you know, goes to church, you know. <laughs> well, Daniel didn't hide no. it either. Mm -mm. I mean, he was straight up in that window. Yes, he could have... Yes. He could have like gone to the side. I've often thought about yeah. that. Like, well, Daniel, why pray like in the window where everybody could see you? Yeah. Well, because that's yeah. where he prayed, and yeah. he wasn't going to allow um, the government, if you will, to to determine. And I and as you're telling your story, Holly, I'm actually I just keep thinking of Daniel, like Daniel, and how many how many kings he served under, mm -hmm. how many rulers he served under, and God yeah. just continued to give him favor. Yeah and blessing yeah. and what he did um for for god's people that's amazing yeah it's a, it's a privilege it, it, it's a privilege and i'm super grateful that the lord is letting me do this it's a it's a some it's a, a desire of my heart that he has given me how do you see um the lord preparing you looking back to like your school teaching years mm -hmm. um and you are a doctoral candidate even even now going you know you, you have your master's you're going to the doctoral program how do you see these different pieces um that god has used to pull together to for where you are right now that's a really good question and i don't have a clear answer for that because I feel like that in ministry and in life and in my job that, you know, we all go through trials and tribulations and turmoil at different times. And I feel like I look back at all of those and I say, God, I see you building my armor. Mm -hmm. I've seen you build my armor for where I am right now. And there are a lot of battles that have to be fought on behalf of the people of my city and um, and, and my family and our community. And I don't really know where that's going. I just know that God has prepared me, mm -hmm. um, prepared me uh, academically, like in my, my uh, education. 
I have I am not the same person that I was four years ago when I first started the, the the Master Divinity program when I first started Epic Bible College. I mean, I've always been solid in the Lord, right? But I'm not the same person. I have grown yeah. a lot in my years in ministry, and and you know, being in the ministry, there's a lot of hurt that comes with that. There's a lot of trials. There's a lot of things that we learn. We look growing back. opportunities. It's a lot of gro- yeah, growing up. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Growing opportunities. And I'm grateful for every one of those because I can look back and see how God prepared me for where I am now. I couldn't do this job that I'm in right now like 15 or 20 years ago. Obviously, I was a lot younger, but I wasn't ready for it. I'm I'm equipped now, and I'm still learning. I'm still yeah. learning. God is still teaching me. But the other side of that is there's something to be said for waiting for God's timing. Right. Mm-hmm. We've always been in ministry. We've always served in the church. But there were years of longing for me of like, Lord, is this it? Like, is this all there is? I, I know you have something for me to do. What is it? You know, but at the time it was raising my children. It was being faithful in the small things and, and just being being faithful wherever he put me. Yeah. And when I turned 50, my youngest was still in high school, but she was almost grown right when I turned 50 it was like God flipped the switch and said okay now I'm gonna Mm -hmm. open doors for you and I've actually had more than one person come up to me after I've spoken or they've seen me different places and say to me I have a word from the Lord for you and you know you always kind of take that with discernment okay you know but more than one person has said to me that God has placed you in a position where he's gonna open doors that no man can shut Mm. and something to that effect, right? But also the same word about my family, that God's mm. going to bless your family. Because not all my children are serving the Lord right now. You know, they're some of them are struggling, trying to find their way, and it's been a little bit hard over the years, but that God is going to open doors for me and that he's going to bless my family. And so when I turned 50, the Lord just kind of opened the floodgates for opportunities for me, and, um, and I have made it a practice to just sit and wait. I, I'm, I'm ambitious in the fact that I do the preparation and I do the work I need to do to get wherever I need to be, but then I just let him open the doors. And people ask me, since I quit my teaching job, well, what are you going to do next? I go, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not going around banging on doors trying to create an opportunity for myself. I'm letting the Lord open the doors for me. So to answer your question, I don't know. I feel like that there's something just really significant about to happen in my life. This last year when I was teaching eighth grade, Mark and I had been on this prayer faith journey of like, okay, Lord, I feel like you're about to release me because there was all this COVID stuff going on at school, yeah. right? Kids in masks, teachers in masks, forced yeah. vaccinations, all these things, right? And I was actually able to be a support and minister to some of my teacher colleague friends that were struggling with mm. all of that. Just kind of being a, a solid um, you know, wrap my arms around them. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Being you know? the minister in the marketplace. Right. Yeah. And so awesome. this whole year, just praying, um, Lord, you know, I don't want to make a mistake. I feel like you're releasing me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to do the wrong thing just because I want out of here. Right. You know, and decreasing your income by half is a significant thing. It's yeah. not an easy thing to do. And I'll share this story with you because it's really significant. Back in October, I was in DC on a government trip. And I was, and I've been working on this spiritual formation, you know, in my classes and my education, just like spiritual practices and disciplines to really just make room for God, just to 
stop being busy, make room for God, mm. really dig deep into, you know, transforming myself from the inside out with, with the Lord, right? The Lord doing the work. And so all this has been going on in my head and my heart. And I wasn't even really praying. We were walking on the monuments. It was an empty day. There was hardly anybody in the city, but the weather was beautiful. I was taking a tour with a friend who'd never been there. So I was taking him to all the monuments. But I was just kind of like in my head thinking, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to make a mistake. What is it that you want me to do? And the Lord clearly said to me, isn't this what you've been praying for? And I said, yes, God, but I'm concerned about the finances. Mm. And Terry, it was like an audible voice. And the Lord said, how can I give you something new when you're holding on to the old? Mm. And I said, okay, God, okay. And so I have hung on to that ever since yes. that day in October. So I told Mark, I said, listen, I know that this is scary, walking away from this job, not knowing what the future holds. I said, but there is something that the Lord has for me on the other side of this, this bridge. And if I don't take this leap of faith, I'm going to miss it. And he Can you said, restate that again? Yeah. The Lord said. The, I told my husband that the Lord has shown me that there's something really exciting on the other side of this bridge. And if I don't, if I don't take this leap of faith, I'm going to miss it. Mm. And I don't want to miss it. And so my husband gave me his full support. And so I walked through the process of just God confirming every month, every week, like, yes, you're going the right way. I went through all the proper channels with my boss, with the district. And it kind of finally came down to they weren't, my boss was, but the district wasn't really supportive of my work as mayor. And so I'm like, okay, so that's my final confirmation. Mm. And so I gave my, my resignation and May 26th was my last day of teaching public school. Um, but I'm teaching colleges at Epic Bible College now, and there might be a, a possibility of something coming up at Jessup. But I don't know. Like, again, I'm just waiting for God to bring it to me. I'm just doing what he puts in front of me. And right now, leading my city and city government, you know, working as mayor yeah. is, a, is a real joy for me. So, But the point of all that is I don't have an answer to your question. I'm waiting on the Lord. But I know that I know that I know that he has confirmed in my heart. And whatever is coming next, it's it's going to be pretty exciting. That is very exciting. I love um, the Lord's words to you about, I can't give you something mm-hmm. new if you're still holding on to something old. Yep. That um, Wow, that is, that's, uh, that's so powerful. I'm excited for you, yeah. Holly. That's... I'm excited too, and I'm sorry I got emotional. I hope no, that doesn't d- interfere with the, the sound, no, volume, the sound no. quality. We, we like tears. <laughs> it's all good. It is, it is, all, it is all good. Um, so we've only got a few minutes left here, but I want to talk about real quick. I mean, balancing all of these things, I mean, balancing ministry um, and life and family and every, I mean, we all have to have balancing juggle acts. How have you balanced all of these plates that you've had spinning? Well, I, the grace of God is amazing. I, I believe that the Lord has given me the ability to multitask very well. So that's one thing. But what I tell people is, first of all, my husband's very supportive. Second of all, my children are grown. I don't have little kids at home that I have to Mm -hmm. take care of. So I have a lot of extra time to do that. And there's two things that I don't do anymore, and that's cook and clean. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that the truth? Oftentimes in 
in balancing, mm -hmm. you can't do it all. Nope. So it's it's nope. picking and choosing right. what you're able to do. And so, you know, the Lord has given us the opportunity. I have people come in. I mean, the, the family helps around the house, you know, but I, I'll have someone clean when we need to, you know, and, and I just, I don't have time for that. And, and that's okay, right? I'm at the place where that's okay. And I've had to let go of that and I don't feel guilty about it. Really, I know it sounds crazy. Um, and the Lord has just given me the, the people around me to support me to, to do that. And, and also in this spiritual formation um, journey that I've been on, I've also really embraced the idea of Sabbath too, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was life-changing for me when I realized that the, the gift of Sabbath was not a suggestion <laughs> that it wasn't optional right that is part of That's the right. commandments right yeah and and people are like oh you're, you do so much and you're so busy you know I'm worried about you and I said don't worry about me because I know how to self-regulate and I know how to rest and I I may not do it perfectly every week but you know and, and you know Sunday's not the Sabbath day right because it's a ministry day where yeah. we're working but I, I usually I'll take a day where I just don't do anything I just stay in my pajamas or I go for a walk or I go shopping or I take a nap or I read a book, you know, yeah. whatever it is and just be with the Lord and, and, you know, just, just rest in that. And so I do that to keep, to keep myself grounded. Um, I don't, and I know when I start to get burning at, at both ends where I just start to get really tired yeah. and, and really exhausted and that's not a good place to be spiritually. Right. Um, I've also read some really good books about, you know, being spiritually healthy and that kind of thing that it kind of just keeps me grounded. The Lord keeps reminding me. And I, and I read something recently that I, it, it's just burned in my head that, you know, to always put him first, even when you're tired, put him first, when you're busy, put him first. And that's something that I work on every day that if I put him first, if I honor him, he helps me get it all done. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the Sabbath is such a crucial thing. And and um, generally speaking, I don't really like general, generalizing, but I will generalize and say that ministers are horrible. Mm -hmm. at, They're the worst at uh, taking Sabbath. We don't we don't do that well. Um, and but it is so crucial. Yeah, it is so crucial we, for our survival. Yeah, it really is. And that the st statistics are staggering of how many ministers are leaving the ministry on because a daily, burnout. weekly, monthly yeah. basis because they're burned out or they have a moral failing because they're burned out yeah. and their families are destroyed, their ministries are destroyed. And if they had just stick to that principle, you know, life could be way different. And so I don't want to be one of those statistics. Yeah. yeah. Jesus help us. And I, yeah. I understand that, especially for young moms, yeah. um, that it is difficult. You know, you can barely yeah. go to the bathroom by yourself, right. let alone right. taking a full day for a Sabbath. Right. Um, but there's got to be those even in those do. seasons, mm -hmm. those moments where we do mm -hmm. find moments of Sabbath. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I really conquered that right. well, you know, succeeded very well as a young mom. mom but that's a hard season. It, it is a hard we season. Have to, we just take what we can and do what we can do. And when right? we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Holly, in this podcast, we always come back to leading with wisdom and godly devotion. So my final question for you today will be, what does wisdom say about remaining to God, re remaining devoted to God in the marketplace? I think that comes back to um, our spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation uh, and, and being faithful to the Lord. It is... One thing that I've really been studying is um, this idea of uh, humbleness and um, like celebrity status type of thing where mm -hmm. 
it's really easy to get distracted with, you know, a position or, you know, attention um, or being busy. And I have to constantly, my prayer is always, Lord, keep me humble and grateful. Mm. And it's always turning back to him and, and, and the discernment and knowing, you know, when I feel myself like, you know, believing the hype or whatever. Right. So the wisdom is that you have to stay humble and you have to stay, you have to put him first and not get distracted by whatever it is that's going yeah. on around. Right. Yeah. And also what I said earlier is, is courage, right? Like you have to be the person you are all the time. You can't be one person when you're in this setting and one person when you're like one person at church and one person out in the world. Yeah. You have to be the same person. And that's exhausting. It's you exa- can't, you can't keep up with that. Yeah. So I, I've just tried really hard. And of course I'm not perfect. Right. And the thing is, is when you are in the marketplace and you, and I blow it or whatever, like I'm quick to go to whoever and say, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And I've, I, what I tell people is, you know what, my, my first calling is a Christ follower and, and my goal is to always give him glory and honor. And sometimes I blow it. And in this case, I didn't. And please forgive me and let's work through it. Right. It's always mm. reconciliation, restoration, um, you know, mending fences, building bridges, building relationships. And that's, that's really what I try to do with people is whether they ever come to church or not, you know, is to build relationships, build trust with me. So when they look at my life, they say, she's like that because of Jesus in her Mm. life, right? Not because Holly's so great. And so I've just tried to be me, just honest me. I'm, I'm a loud mouth. I'm a bullhorn. You know, I, I met with somebody today that we have to negotiate with, with the city. And he was like, well, you're no pushover. And I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm a bullhorn, but I also work really hard to, to maintain my witness. I do not want to dishonor God. Mm. And that is always on the forefront of my heart is I do not want to dishonor God because he's the only reason why I'm here where I'm at. And so in the marketplace, you just have to, you have to stay in the word. You have to stay in his presence. Otherwise it, you can get swept away. So, Oh, thank you so much, Holly, for sharing with us your life, your story, parts of your story and um, being vulnerable and open. Anytime. It was my pleasure. It was really great to have you. you. So, um, listeners, it was really good for you to, to have you join in with us. And until next time, right here on Between Us Leaders, I pray God's blessing upon you all. Bye-bye.